Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I'm here with Alexa Martin, who is a mindset coach, MIT graduate, and a mindset coach, and we're going to talk confidence. I've actually had several MIT graduates on here. I think you're like my third or fourth one. No way. It stuck out to me. Yeah, I, I there's some like weird connection with me and MIT, probably because my son wants to go there, but he's like 11, so it's fine. <laughs> it's a long ways off. But Alexa, I'm so happy to talk to you. And we have a couple of subjects we're going to dig into, but we're going to start with confidence. What do people get wrong about confidence? Such a good question. To We're just starting right into it. What That's right. That's how we do it. Confidence? I mean, I think one of the biggest things that people get wrong about confidence is that they think once you have confidence, you no longer ever have like negative thoughts about yourself or that inner critic never pops up. And that's not the reality at all. Even when you have confidence, those thoughts still pop up, right? Your inner critic still comes up. It's not about shutting out those feelings, but it's about learning how to react to them differently and not letting them drive your behaviors and drive your decisions in life and learning how to overcome them. But it's not that they never pop up ever again. There is Amy Moran, if you've read the 13 things mentally strong people don't do or the 13 things mentally strong women don't do. I listened to a podcast recently with her on it and she talked about separating the feelings from the behavior which is exactly what you just described. Um, You know, there's maybe we don't feel confident, but our behavior looks confident or there's imposter syndrome or something along those lines. Um, So what are your favorite tips for overcoming that when, when that pops up? One of the best things to do is to actually give your inner critic a name, like a, a literal name. So let's call her Chloe. (laughs) I don't know where (laughs) Chloe is coming from, but we're calling her Chloe. So when that inner critic pops up, you can be like, oh, there Chloe is again. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you're creating a separation between you and who you are and this inner critic instead of allowing it to take over your personality, instead of allowing it to take over who you believe you are, there's a bit of a separation. So then Chloe pops up and you can be like, you know what? Not today, Chloe. And you can kind of just shut the door on her. And then carry on, you know, with your life, right? And what you want to do is when you're shutting that door on Chloe, thinking about like, what is the next best thought that I can reach for? So maybe it's not, maybe you have body image issues and it's not, I love my body, but the next best thought can be, I respect my body or I'm open to loving my body. I'm willing to love my body. You might not be at, oh, I love my body yet. But just think about what is one step up that you can go to in that moment as you shut the door on that inner critic. I call that finding a shorter bridge to cross. Yes. Right. Because I love my body may seem like a really long bridge to cross, like going over the ocean or these massive bridges we have. And but finding a shorter bridge to cross, like I respect my body. I think that's a great example and a great um, way to get unstuck. 
Right. And you want to, it's just like about taking one step forward at a time. Like you said, shorter bridges to cross all those little point ones, instead of thinking that overnight, you're going to shift everything. And all of a sudden you're confident, you love your body, you love your life. Everything's perfect, right? That's not the reality. It doesn't look that way. So thinking about what are those little point ones, those point one changes that I can make and how they're going to add up to get me across that big bridge in the long run. Absolutely. Are you familiar with the book Atomic Habits? I am. I felt so from how you were speaking about point one. And that book is so great because it talks about the atom being really small, obviously. And we always want that one huge change. Like, what's that one huge leap? What's that one thing that's going to happen to me that I'm going to be confident or I'm going to feel beautiful or I'm going to feel rich or I'm going to feel whatever. And that in reality, our lives are made by those point one decisions, right? Exactly. Have you ever wished, oh, I wish I could just work with Sarah. If so, go right now to sarahkramsey.com. Check out the program section and see if the Wondrous Woman program is right for you. I help people reconnect with what's right with them, become toxic person proof, and design lives they're excited about living. And the reason why, which I think is super interesting, the reason why we in our heads want to tell ourselves we're going to change everything overnight is because we really want to avoid the discomfort of feeling unsatisfied with where we are right now, right? So let's just take body image again as an example. You're really unhappy with the way you look right now. So you say in your head, well, I'm never going to eat bread again or cupcakes. I'm not even going to look at sugar. It doesn't exist in my life. And that immediately relieves the discomfort that you may feel in being dissatisfied with where you are, right? Because now you're like, oh, everything's okay because I'm never going to eat cupcakes again. So everything's fine. But that relief of discomfort never works in the long run. And so it's learning how to sit with the discomfort of where you are and have patience in the process, knowing that that's what's actually going to get you to where you want to be. That word of patience in the process when I was going through my own healing journey was like the worst for me to hear. I was just be like so angry. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Trust the process. I hate you right now. Um, so I am I am happy that did not trigger me. I've obviously come a long way. Uh, but I do want to point it out to anyone else listening who because it, it does suck. Right. If we're not happy where we are, if we feel unhealthy in our bodies, if we feel unhealthy in our financial life, if we feel unhealthy in our romantic life, whatever, it sucks. That discomfort in the process sucks. But it's something no human gets out of. Right. And it's also learning that, like, to be able to say, like, this sucks and I'm grateful for the process. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be an either or like it's not joy or anger, gratitude, or what, right? Like this sucks and I'm working through it. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. Let's talk competition and confidence. And the reason I did want to point out the MIT thing um, is because I am guessing you experienced quite a bit of competition in that world and and the, you know, getting accepted in, in that process. So how do we deal with, confidence and increase our confidence when we feel like we may not have the competitive edge? Well, I think it really comes down to how you're defining success for yourself, 
like is success for you beating other people or is success for you doing the best you can is success for you getting that job that you know your friend Johnny couldn't get or is success mm-hmm. for you getting the job that like you actually want and the one that's going to actually make you happy so really looking at how am i defining success in a way that's actually in alignment with what i want from life and learning how to kind of quiet out the noise of everything that's happening around you because when we're so distracted by what everyone else is doing we don't even have the capacity to know what we really want so taking moments to really quiet out that noise of everything around you what your parents are telling you to do what your friends are doing you know your friends having a kid they're getting married now you think that's what you should be doing but quieting all of that out and just like looking inward and being like well what do i actually want And women especially have a hard time answering that question. When I say, what do you want? They say 15 things they don't want. Yes, It's baffling. And I know I have been that person. I'm raising my hand, not pointing a finger. And it's something I try to be very conscientious of in my life, like answering what I want, not what I don't want. (laughs) Have you seen that too? Absolutely. And when we focus so much on what we don't want, that's literally what we just create more of in our life. And you're just creating like this resistance. So it's really like asking like, what do I actually want? And I think it's really helpful to close your eyes and like put your hands on your heart and say you're like, say it out loud. So let's say your name is Linda, (laughs) just closing your eyes and being like, what does Linda want? Like, what do I want? And allowing whatever answer pops up first to be, to be your truth. And then not creating all these stories around it and all these worries and all these fears and all these shoulds, but just allowing yourself to sit with what pops up. It's also really helpful to look at when you're asking yourself, like, what do I want? Asking yourself why. And if Mm. those whys are primarily fear driven, that's, that's not what you actually want. There's a girl I work with she was deciding between um, where she wanted to live. And I asked her like, well, why do you want to live in California? And why do you want to live in New York? When she was talking about California, she's like, I really like the weather. I think it would be so nice to just spend time outside. I think it would be really cool to be in this community, this community, yada, yada, yada. When she's talking about New York, she's like, well, I'm scared if I leave New York, then I'm Mm -hmm. not going to have my friends anymore. And well, if I leave New York, then I'm scared about X, Y, and Z. And you notice that your why for the California are all these positive, expansive things you want. And your why to stay in New York is just a bunch of fear-driven things if you left. And so it's clear when you look at your whys behind what you're thinking about, you can get like a lot of clarity on like what you actually want versus what Mm. you're doing from a place of fear. I love that. And I had a client who was considering California as well. And uh, she said the exact same thing about the weather. So uh, my husband used to live in California and he loves the weather too. So it's, yeah. it's a very common theme. She's like, I wouldn't have summer. I wouldn't have winter. It's like, that sounds great. <laughs> but so do you think, what do you think the biggest holdup is for confidence? Do you think people feel bad to actually be confident? Do you think they feel like their friends and family are going to think they have, you know, too big of a head or people are going to look down on them? What do you think are some barriers in becoming confident? 
I think one of the biggest barriers, I think I'll even go as far to say that the biggest barrier to being confident is the lack of self-awareness. When we're very clear in who we are and what we want from life, it just breeds confidence in the decisions that we make. So I really believe that like confidence comes from just a high level of self-awareness. Clarity in who we are and what we want in life breeds confidence in the decisions we make. When you are so clear about who you are and where you're going, you stop caring about what anyone else thinks because you're so clear and you believe in yourself and you don't need that validation from others anymore. Mm. So really like the first step in developing confidence is developing self-awareness. Self-awareness and who you are and what you want. Exactly. I love it. Alexa, thank you so much for having, for coming here and talking to us about confidence. Um, will you tell people where they can find more about you? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Alexa Kmart. I am not affiliated with the Kmart brand. However, that is my handle at Alexa Kmart. And my website is alexakmartin.com. And I'd love if this was helpful for you, if something resonated the most for you, just shoot me a DM. I'm super friendly and be like, I just heard you on the podcast. I want clarity in the decisions I make. <laughs> Loved what you said, whatever you want to say. Um, I really think it's helpful to connect with people instead of it just being like this voice you hear and then it's gone with the wind. Just shoot me a DM and we can talk. So I have to ask what the K stands for, because I'm Sarah K and you're Alexa K. Catherine. Oh, I'm Kristen. Oh, I love that. I love the name Catherine. So in my old life, I went by Sarah Ramsey and Sarah Ramsey put up with a lot of things she should not have. And I added mm. the K to my name as a real identity shift for me. So now when people say Sarah Ramsey, it's almost jarring for me. It's like, no, it's Sarah K. Ramsey. That's a different person than, than wow. Sarah Ramsey was. Yeah. Uh, so I loved your K. <laughs> I love that. I love that too. It has so much more meaning now. Thank you for sharing that. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming here and helping us become toxic person proof. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support. And most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.